0: Happy New Year, Goldmine readers and listeners. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. Welcome back to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. In this episode, we'll have Cat drummer Roger Earl, who has a new project called Earl and the Agitators, which also has a new album. And he will be joined by Scott Holt, a guitarist that is also on the album and is also part of Earl and the Agitators. And we'll be back with both of them after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine, The Music Collector's Magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Anyway, let's, let's start about Earl and the Agitators. Oh, uh, right. So how did, how did this come about?
1: It was a big mistake. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, Scott Holt was walking along the road one day and he saw me lying in the gutter pissing in my pants and he said, you, you want to play drums in a band? I said, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not how it happened, actually. I was um, I was perfectly uh, compass that day. I met Scott, what was it, about seven years ago, Scott? Yeah.
2: Gotta
1: be uh, and, uh, Did
0: you see him at a, with Buddy Guy at all? Did you ever see him with Buddy yes, Guy?
1: Yes, I saw him playing with Buddy Guy two or three times. Um, one memorable time recently, uh, was it about two or three years ago, uh, Buddy was playing out here in Long Island at a theater in, um, uh, where was it, where was that theater he was playing?
2: Um, uh, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, it will come to me in a minute. Anyway, it's uh, a yeah, big theater out here in Long Island. And uh, Scott, uh, Scott, I had to wait in line, but Scott said, do you want to meet Buddy? And I'd already met Buddy once before. And I said, yeah. And so we stood outside his dressing room before he went on. And um, then we got the call to go in there and we sat down and talked. And um, Buddy has this like 150 bottle, dollar bottle of 150-year-old, $150 bottle of cognac sitting on his table in front of me. And he saw me ironing it eyeing it, and he said, would you like one? And I said, yes, please. He said, help yourself. (laughs) And then afterwards, when we were ushered out of the dressing room, Scott said to me, he never offers that to anybody. (laughs) Wow! So I felt very privileged. Actually, I met Buddy, um, a number of years ago down at the uh in memphis when the the blues awards and i presented uh i think buddy won just about everything that night except um best piano player Uh, (laughs) best song best album best producer that was also where i first met uh tom hambridge and uh uh, we got anyway yes uh, scott got up and played with uh, buddy that night and uh, uh I think you had one of the polka dot guitars, didn't you, Scott?
2: I was actually playing his guitar.
1: Yeah, right. And the whole place erupted when Scott went on there. And uh, Buddy looked at him like, why is he getting all the cheers? Yeah. Uh, so. he punched me in the throat and told me to get off the stage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Buddy is, uh, I'll let Scott tell stories, but he's a beautiful man, a great, great, musician and he's um, as far as i'm concerned he's a national treasure treasure
0: absolutely yes yeah. so you and scott kept in communication and you talked about you made a quote that you said this band was born out of the passion for american music or as they call it now americana <laughs>
1: who calls it that i didn't <laughs> who said that <laughs> who said that that's the going uh, term well it's, it's true um It's true, it is uh, it is American music, um, I think Scott uh, described it best about putting um, <laughs> some of Chess's finest records into a blender with a dollop of thundering drums and you get rock and roll music, uh, is, that, is that what you said Scott? I would say that's the recipe, yes. Yeah, the <laughs> recipe for rock and roll. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it's hard to define sometimes, I mean Johnny Cash plays rock and roll songs, you know. I mean, Elvis plays country songs, Uh, you know, it's, it's,
2: it was always in a blender, kind of. Well, Pat, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's a lot like pornography.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's easier
2: to just point at it and go, well, there's some, than it is to describe exactly what it is. Right, right. And the different positions.
1: Put the record on and play it, and it speaks for itself, the music, I think.
0: That's yeah. how most of us should uh, look at it. Unfortunately, you put into different genres. Um, so, why the name? The agitators. The music makes me happy. It certainly doesn't agitate <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, well, there's all kinds of agitation.
2: You can have positive agitation. You okay. Know? You can just something that makes you want to move. That was yeah.
0: pod, that was positive agitation when I when I heard it. Yeah. So I guess
1: that's yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think we blame Brian for the name. Um, we were hanging out together, uh, a couple of bottles of uh, fine Cabernet, probably folk hat wines, and yeah. Brian declared, Your turn, Scott. <laughs> From this moment forward, we shall be Earl and the Agitators.
2: <laughs> he sounded like Morgan Freeman when he said it, too. It was really kind of cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he did. He channeled Morgan, didn't he? I hope Morgan sort of feel sort of naked as Brian channeled him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that?
1: It's Brian. <laughs> I, heard it was
0: o- I heard it was over Fogcat wine.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Most of good ideas are over Fogcat wine. Yeah. Some of the best <laughs> ideas we came up with were uh, over Fogcat wine. One of them I remember was, yeah, hey, Rod, you got another bottle of that red? And I said, yeah, that's a really good idea. <laughs> at the time.
0: <laughs> so now when you when you go on a studio, it becomes the all-star band, is that correct? No. Because you have, you have it says Earl and the Agitators All-Star Band. That's true, uh, it
1: is an all-star band. Um, and various people will join us from time to time in the future and have done since then. But the basic nucleus of the band, it did all the recordings with myself uh, Scott and Brian we recorded a bunch of the tracks that's where it started and then uh, Craig McGregor played on a number of the tracks be- it was, in fact it's Craig's last recordings with us um, Brian played played uh, bass on a number of the tracks and we also uh, had Rodney O'Quinn playing live with us on bass and uh, Mark Petrocelli on percussion who is my uh, drum tech, he's actually a great drummer he stood in for me one time and uh, even though he's only five foot one, he did stand in for me.
2: He casts a mighty shadow.
1: He cast a <laughs> mighty shadow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it
0: continue. You know, the studio album's a nice mix of original and covers. I mean, you take Country Jack Clement song, guess things happen that way, and you make uh, a rock and roll song uh, out of it. Because um, you said. Th- your promotionals um your PR says you country rock and roll, but uh this was like the other way around. They said that. <laughs> yeah. Who
1: said that? I am bastard. No. Where are these quotes coming from? <laughs> yeah, where coming? it wasn't me. It wasn't <laughs> Scott, it wasn't they, Brian. They o. feed
0: they feed them to me.
1: <laughs> it wasn't me. Actually, uh, I have to tell you a story about uh, that song. It's um a number of years ago, um, Kenny Aronson played bass with um, uh Craig McGregor was incapacitated at the time. This is back in uh, the 80s. And we were doing some recording down in Atlanta with uh, a producer called Eddie Offord. And uh, Kenny Aronson was a big Johnny Cash fan, as was I and as was Dave. And we would often sort of start singing johnny cash songs like she loves you big river more than me well that you know that's why i don't sing in the band Uh, but kenny Kenny Harrison said you know what would make a really great song you know to sort of do like a uh, you know rock and roll punk version of guess things happen that way Hmm. so um thank you kenny i remember stuff like that important things like do a johnny cash song Yeah, yeah that's right yeah Ooh. <laughs> well, you know
0: he was he was right
1: yeah um I like of... Penny great bass player really cool guy too
0: because that's uh i would say that's one of my favorites on, on the album
1: um, yeah it was mine and scott's too we uh we had a lot i think it was just one tape, wasn't it scott
2: Oh yeah, I think most of the stuff we didn't we didn't do too many takes of any of it. It came together real fast.
0: Isn't that the way to do it with classic rock and roll? One take. Well,
2: that's that's exactly the way it should work, you know. Um, and and when you're you know when you connect like Roger and I and, and Brian and I, it it always comes together like that. You know?
0: Right. I mean, this isn't Prague. This. <laughs> <No>.
2: Prague. <laughs> What is that? You, you don't listen to you don't listen to our music and go wow they really put a lot of thought into this. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> no, I remember having to concentrate on one song. I just can't remember which one it was. <laughs> I'm sure there was one. Yeah, there had to be one. But yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, no, it was um, it it's been. And it has been a lot of fun, like putting this record together, and, and, and over such a long period of time. We've got to get up, go out, and uh, we've been out and played some shows and stuff. And that's been um, that's been exciting. That's interesting. What do you think, Scott?
2: I think it's probably some of the most fun that I get to have with my clothes on and my wife's permission. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: well, actually, um, no, actually, actually, Rose told me that there was no video on this, so I'm not wearing pants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, there is video. I'm not on Skype, but I better put my trousers back
0: on. (laughs) You also pick a Johnny Burnett song, Lonesome Train, that came out really well, and a Chris Christofferson, Sunday Morning Coming Down. Mm -hmm. How did you select songs for the album? Did everyone just pick their favorite songs that they, they like for American
2: music?
1: Uh, you tell that story, Scott.
2: Well, honestly, I mean, it, it It really sounds made up, but it's true. We just, we walk in a room, and Roger gets behind the drums, and me and Brian get on guitars, and we just start playing. Spontaneous, and it's the best way. Yeah, the cover, the cover songs that we did were just in the course of our conversation. You know, Roger would say, you know, i I remember growing up listening to Johnny Cash. And, oh, I like Johnny Cash, too. Oh, would well, you know the song, "Yes guess things happen that way. Yeah, let's play that. And then that's just how it worked. It wasn't like a, you know, we didn't have a grand plan for this. We just kind of <laughs> let it rip. <laughs>
1: Actually, on, on Sunday morning coming down, that was a request from uh, a good friend of ours, Tom Mix, uh, who came up with that suggestion. It was one of his favourite songs. Uh, and it is a, a great song. And uh, thank you, Tom. I think, I think you gave it more of a melodic sort of feel than uh, Chris and yeah. or Johnny. I'm not taking away from their versions because they're yeah. classic, but... Um, you sang, you sang melody. What's going on with this?
2: Well, when you get when you get Brian Bassett playing slide guitar, I don't I don't know that it gets much better than that. So, yeah, Chris. Yeah.
0: there was more melancholy in the Chris version. That's
2: because he was probably just telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah
2: I'm
1: Brian a definitely. Clear, I'm clean cleanest dirty <laughs> shirt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That slide guitar Brian's definitely adds a nice uh, flavor to it, to everything.
1: It does. It does. He's, he's a real special musician. Yeah. He's, he's one of my favorite people too. He's a beautiful man and absolutely brilliant. Um, loving like a brother.
0: Now I, I like the fact that there's bonus tracks on, on the album where you guys played live. You remember the days Roger when they're, they won't allow you to have. They won't allow you to have bonus tracks on an album. They <laughs> can't have any bonus
1: tracks. No, no, no. Bonus is a right out I mean, Nobody gets a bonus track. Well, they do with the agitators. They get right. bonus tracks. Uh, well, yeah, now that's, that's the thing.
0: You gotta have. You gotta have something extra on your albums. I think because um, you know because of the internet, quite frankly. But you know, physical physical copies, people kind of expect a little extra.
1: Uh, well, it, also, you know, because uh, we would never really sort of played out much during, you know, making the album. And I um, we got a chance to do some live recording at this club, Arcada, in Chicago, and it sounded really good. We were all very surprised, actually, at how good it sounded. And, in fact, some of our playing actually was quite exceptional.
2: <laughs>
1: so, so, so we we came up with the bright idea of... Hey, let's put some live tracks on there, some bonus tracks. Maybe it was our manager who said it. I don't know. Should we give her some credit? I think she should. No, no, don't give the manager any credit. It's all to do with the band, (laughs) right? Well, you know. She's coming over.
0: (laughs) And then Rodney O'Quinn took over for vocals on uh, Steve Cropper, Knock on Wood.
2: We We couldn't stop
0: it.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Rodney wandered up to the microphone and said, give me that thing. Yeah. I said,
2: oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, actually, um, he, that was just that night. In fact, I don't think we rehearsed it before, have we? Have we rehearsed it in the afternoon or something? I
2: think it, it was like everything else, man. Just Rodney said, hey, I got, I got a song and started singing. And yeah. there you go. That's, we that's got song we it. And he's actually really good. Okay. Go on.
0: That's just one of those songs that's in, in the psyche, you know, of every fan yeah. of rock and roll. We, we,
2: did,
1: we actually did a version of Play That Funky Music, White Boy. The only problem was um, Rodney forgot all the words. <laughs> so was, we got, got like, cracked, but no lyrics. You thought he it said, was
0: karaoke?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. In his defense, we did, we did only mention it to him that afternoon. Hey, we're going to do uh, play that funky music tonight. Learn the words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh... Well, I like how you picked uh, a Rolling Stones track, "Wild Horses." What made you pick that one?
2: Well, we heard that they weren't they they needed money, and so we yeah. thought a song on the record to try to help them out. You know,
0: <laughs> they didn't. That song needed more recognition.
2: Well, they're not as well-known as in this country as, as you know, I think pre- people probably assume, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: no, the truth is uh, it's a great song. It's a beautiful song. And, I, and uh, I'm and i not used to playing ballads, to be honest with you. I'm more like the, a rock and roller. But, the uh, so rude, but, but uh, Scott and Brian, like, uh, played and sang it beautifully. So uh, I had... To uh, sort of hang back, I had to let my cool side come out. And uh, no, I th- I think the track sounds great. Um, it's uh, it's good. It emotes.
0: It does, and, and ballads are hard to play live, so it's really hard to pull it off.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Roger, to step away from Fogcat and get in a new zone—is it uh, easy for you? You've been doing Fogcat, you know, for so long, and. You're now on a new project, and then you're going to you
1: know, go back. Actually, was, that's interesting because um, just about every band I've ever been in since I was first band I joined when I was like 16 or 17 is a band called The Tramps in London with uh, three guys that I went to school with. And, um, and even back then, we were doing original material or other, and uh, you know, writing songs. You know, we copied. Like blues songs and uh, you know and rock and roll songs and stuff like that, and then when I joined Savoy Brown when I was twenty twenty one, uh, we were writing original material and uh, I the first time uh, you know there were a couple of uh, classic sort of blues or R and B tunes that we did, but it was always writing new material. I never got a chance uh, like a lot of people like playing the like the, the hit songs of the day. And it was always um, doing original material, same with Savoy and also when, you know, when we formed at uh, other than a couple of songs, it was all uh, new arrangements. But now I get to sort of uh, play some songs I never had a chance to play, like Knock On Wood. Everybody plays Knock On Wood, even Eric did one. Um, but I'd never played it. Shaky Ground, I love playing. Uh, Let Me Love You Baby, uh, which, I think uh, it's a great tune who wrote that. It was, um, I know, uh, Muddy did it, but it was written by. Saint yeah. It was Willie Dixon, right? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yep.
0: Yeah. Willie Dixon. Right. I just looked I on Woody. your album. I cheated. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I met, I met Willie one time in 19, um, Willie. Se- se- yeah. 1977. Um, we did. We were doing three nights at the amphitheater in Chicago. We were um, doing our live album tour, and the first night we played there, um, Willie sent his daughter down to see us. And uh, you know, Willie Dixon's daughter, we treated her like the princess that she was. <clears throat> the next night, she came back again and brought her brother um, Butch, who later became Willie's uh, road manager. I believe he played piano and guitar as well. And then the third night, they brought their dad down. Willie Dixon came down to see us and meet us and came on stage. Dave introduced him and said, uh, without people like Willie Dixon, there would be no rock and roll. And then Willie also then invited us back to his house on the south side next time we were in town, which we went to. And uh, the reason he sent his children down, it was because in the first album, I Just Want to Make Love To You was a huge hit, which... Woody vote and then we just released i just want to make love you from the live album as a single and and the album sold uh, know, a couple of million something like that and so willie's getting all this bread from a band called fog yeah and he's going says to his kids go down to the amphitheater and check these guys out, see what they got under their fingernails. He just wanted to make sure we were okay. So <laughs> I guess we got the okay. We, uh, he sent his kids down to suffer us, and uh, and I think about six or eight months later, I went back to Chicago myself. Rod and Dave went over to his house and had dinner and played music until about three or four in the morning. Yeah, it was uh, that was one of the highlights of my life, hanging out with Willie.
0: Was the, did he have any uh, alcohol as, as good as Buddy?
1: <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think we were drinking much that night. Um, I have a feeling there wasn't a lot of alcohol involved, which is kind of unusual for us after a show. Um, but uh, the food was fantastic. We had chicken, salads, and a bunch of other stuff. And during the evening, um, Willie Dixon would send one of his kids upstairs into the attic <laughs> to bring down some recording that Willie had worked on. And uh, it was uh, it was a great evening, a great evening. And, like, you know, when you meet your musical heroes, people like Willie Dixon and, and Buddy Guy, and they're these really cool, great musicians, it's like, uh, it just reinforces how you were in the first place by digging these people.
0: Right. Scott, can you imagine uh, jamming with Willie Dixon?
2: Well, I actually did. I got to play. Oh. Uh, I got to play "Wayne Dang Duo with him and Coco Taylor and Buddy Guy. Wow!
0: <laughs> I guess I didn't expect that.
2: Well, he never invited me to his house, though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, 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 uh. Yeah. You weren't covering well, on of I mean, his he songs. Done if he could have he got a to know you a He might have. He might have. a nice guy. Yeah.
2: If yeah. he was receiving royalties, he might have invited um, you. Uh, <laughs> ah. Well, now see, you you've exposed the ugly underbelly of the music business. To everybody. <laughs> uh,
0: so what about a tour now? You guys gonna go tour a little bit? You sound good live. I mean, this this is live music. This was meant to play live. So,
1: well, we have um, some dates coming up. Uh, we're doing the cruise, right? Rock Legends Cruise is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get to put The Agitators get to play on that, and we're going to drag Scott up to play with Foghat as well. And uh, we're working on some stuff for uh, the winter, but uh, as of yet, I can't tell anybody because if I do. I'd have to start singing songs I don't want to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what do you think of these cruises? Do you have you been have you performed on them before?
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, they're great. It's a lot of fun. You're you're hanging out on a ship like right, with you know, five or six thousand fans. Uh, I must admit there was some trepidation on my part with the first uh, cruise I went on. But it was great. There, all the people are there to sort of listen to music, have a good time, and get drunk. Yeah. Um, don't go wandering around about two or three in the morning because that's when, like, you'll get find slippery elevators and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, it's gas. Yes, everybody's smiling and laughing and uh, having a good time. I really enjoyed it. Um, every single one I've been on has been a lot of fun so uh but well, actually we'd have fun in the box wouldn't we scott
2: absolutely i'll
1: find out one day yeah, <laughs> you know when you're, when you're a musician
2: uh, that's about the closest thing in modern times to being a pirate so there's no there's no more you know natural environment for a pirate than on a ship <laughs> <laughs> have
0: you experienced it yet scott or no
2: yeah actually uh uh I did one with, with Buddy, of course, back in the day, but I, I was on a cruise with Roger. Was it two
1: years ago, Roger, we did the... The first one, wasn't it? First Agitator yeah. show, wasn't it?
2: First, first Earl on the Agitator show ever was at, at sea.
1: At sea. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> do, you, are,
0: do you have any... Uh, like I know these cruises have special things going on, like, uh, you know, possibly with your wine or... Um, you know, sometimes they have acoustic sets.
1: Oh, so, I wonder what you're going to talk about with this special thing. No,
2: either. I was getting that. Yeah, good. I
0: know. On the Kiss cruise, they sometimes they have each member do like a, you know, Paul Stanley paints. He has a painting class. Um, you know, Gene Simmons shows you how to play bass. That's uh,
2: nice.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, well, do you have anything like that planned?
2: i'm sure gene
1: simmons charges you so he can show you how to play bass he doesn't do it for free yeah right uh, <laughs> actually i uh, i give drum lessons for free
0: it's
1: a little it, extra yeah but the little ones yeah, yeah i have to work with kids like like five or six you know so they haven't got too good at it but there again having said that i met a couple of five and six and seven year olds that are like dynamite drummers and i go yeah. You're playing too fast. Go away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you not know me. <laughs>
1: well,
0: last, last question: Are you releasing this on vinyl?
1: This is very important. As at the moment, we haven't done that yet, but there's plenty of time. We have released a number of cat, uh things on vinyl. There's a good chance we'll do it. we want to get the CD out first and see if people like it. And then if there's a request for it to be on vinyl, we'll do that. And we'll make it out of really uh, heavy vinyl and make it done right. So uh, that might be fun, actually. But I think we ought to get this out first just so that people can say, I want it on vinyl. And you will say, well, you'll just have to wait for that.
0: Are you into this vinyl uh, resurgence?
1: Yeah, I've got tons of it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you have the real thing when it first came out, right? Yeah. um, But then I changed it all over to CDs because they were a lot easier to carry in the car and listen to in the car. Mm. Much better than cassettes and, uh, well, those other things you used to have. Yeah, horrible things. Cassettes. Eight eight tracks, they were horrible. Didn't you hate hate eight tracks? Well, they give you a part one and part two. (laughs) <laughs> well, they, you know, they'd break into a song halfway through it and then it would fade out and then yes. come in and it was, and then the the uh, machine would eat them.
0: It worked with Prague. With who? <laughs> with Prague Rock.
1: <laughs> Prague Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know about that. This (laughs) sounds a bit rude. Sounds like something you shouldn't say in front of children.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway, I think the vinyl will be great because now everyone expects colored vinyl and uh, gatefolds, and it's it's almost like a backlash of the digital.
1: What sort of colored vinyl should we do it when we do it? If we do it? Splattered. Splattered?
0: Yes, they have splattered now. (laughs) (laughs)
2: splatter is that like rainbow colored
0: yeah no or there's uh there's red splatter there's uh swirls there's all sorts of things solid hold on i got it red
1: red white and blue there you go come on you know we have to do it maybe the american flag sure
0: why not american flag on one side uh, and then the british uh, flag on the other right
1: well, yeah. How do you get the American flag to go round? this <laughs> it's sort of like this sort of like oblong thing, isn't it, really? It's a beautiful flag, by the way. I love it, and I'm proud to be an American. and a guys, guys just talk a little funny.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for taking the time. I appreciate it.
1: Truly really do. Uh, this is where music came from. Um, growing up in London it was I always listened to American music. English bands at the time was like I don't know, it was it wasn't for me. It, it all great music came from this land and uh, you know, we'd take over some of it and sometimes we'd bastardise it a little bit and sometimes we'd sort of like um, change it to the point where nobody could recognise the song. But uh English bands have continually been, and English music has been continually influenced by American music. America gave music to the world, jazz, blues, uh, gospel, uh, country, um, they had country bands in China and Japan and they have rap singers in Israel and Afghanistan. It's like, it's still American music.
0: Right. Well, you guys get, you know, the, the Brits gave their own spin to it, and you know, made it something different and unique. So I
1: think that's what most you know uh, bands try and do. If they find something they love, you try and you know put your stamp on it and make it, uh, give it your best shot. I think that's what we did, didn't we, Scott?
2: I think it's exactly
1: what
2: we
0: did. Or else we yeah. would have been playing what Cliff Richards. Uh, what was the, big, <laughs> what was the big band out there in England? Uh, but then the, the Beatles started playing, what is it, uh, I forgot the name of the music, where you had just like a rubber band for for, for a bass guitar, uh, Oh, uh, yes. Skiffle.
1: Skiffle,
0: you would have been Skiffle. playing Skiffle.
1: Well, that idea also came from the States, I mean, okay. you know, a tea chest bass with a big lump of string on a broom handle, in fact, I played that once when I was about 12, but oh. I don't think I had a tea chest, I had like a can or something. Um, but I was never a bass player.
0: So we'll put you down in the skiffle category.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I did that briefly. Uh, my skiffling rates were numbered, I have to admit.
0: Okay, guys. All the best with the new album. And I hope to see you on tour, man. Because I've seen the videos and they look great. They sound yeah, we, great. we have fun. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, Scott. Earl and the Agitators. Look out for it at your local record store. And speaking of your local record store, you can also find at select indie record stores And your new issue of Goldmine. You can also find it on the newsstand at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. Or you could go to goldminemag.com and get a percentage off the subscription price. Have it delivered right to your home. Okay, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you.